You're listening to another Mariners podcast by the fans and for the fans with news and views on the Claret and Blues. Yeah, I know one man. Have a listen. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Mariners podcast. Um, my name's Chris May and alongside me this evening I've got two delectable guests. Um, the one and only Ronnie Pete, one of our regular uh, contributors to the podcast. And tonight we've got a, a special guest. Following on with the theme from in, of having Colin Porter on uh, a few weeks ago, um, over the summer months we've always said we'll try and get a few supporters in. And it gives me great pleasure to, to welcome you uh, to Richard Morgan. Richard, thanks for joining us. Great. Brilliant to be here. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Great to have you. So, um, we've got a few things to talk about. Um, with pre-season just about getting underway uh, in earnest, a um, few games, um, one or two incomings, a few things happening on and off the pitch. Um, but first of all, uh, Richard, um, you um, may or may not be known to, to many Shield supporters. Um, you, you told us a while back that you were really very much interested in, in, in popping in and having a chat with us. Um, so it's great to have you. Um, just tell us a little bit about your history supporting the Mariners. How long have you been doing so and uh, what are you getting out of it? Yeah, sure. Um, I think I'm one of the, what you might describe as the modern generation of supporters. Um, I think I first became aware of the club uh, during the Vars season, um, mainly through the unbeaten run actually. And um, one of my big regrets is uh, is not actually going and watching them that season, so missing out on the Vars and, <laughs> and everything that, that went with it. That would have been brilliant. Um, and then um, my son actually started to, to play football um, a couple of years ago and he started training and Dylan Morse was one of the guys that did, ran the training and so um, I chatted with Dylan a couple of times and he was quite keen to go along to, to the game so we went, we went along probably approaching two years ago now his first mm-hmm. game yeah. um, and um, I don't think we've missed many home games since really so, so kind of hooked from, from the very first game. Fantastic. So Dylan um, was involved in, in coaching your son? Yeah, it just it was just a almost like an entry to football thing mm. he used to do on a Saturday morning. Where was that? Um, it was at uh, Montweermouth in oh, Sunderland. Excellent. Um, so you sound as though you're not from around here. No, no. Tell us more. No, I grew up in, um, in South West Wales in a place called Pembrokeshire. Yes. Um, so you can see the, the Irish Sea from, uh, from where, I, where <laughs> I grew up and... Uh, see the North Sea from where I live now, so um, a long way from home. Um, I moved to the North East um, about 15 years ago after university, um, got a graduate job up here, um, met my now wife, um, and uh, yeah, the rest is history, I think, to a wife, two children later, then yeah. they're firmly settled and uh, um, you know, approaching living in the North East for as long as I've lived anywhere, actually. Fantastic. So um, you made that first venture at the Mariners Park. You remember the first game? I can't actually. I was. I knew you were going to ask. And I was racking my brains. Um, no, but they. I think it was. Um, it was just after the. It must have been the Christmas period. They'd lost a couple of games in a row. I think, and um, and then they they won this game five one and scoring three goals in the last five or six minutes actually. Mm-hmm. So I think it was it was classic Shields that season from what I understand. So that would have been us in Evil Stick North, I guess. Yes. After the Vars. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we had a fantastic start. That year, and we had that little blip around Christmas, yes. got beat, lost to Scarborough. Scarborough, yeah. On yes. New Year's Day, among other results. Um, so, um, when you first went to Mariners, um, 
Were you impressed by the setup? Yes, yeah. I think um, I wasn't sure what to expect actually from the first entering into non-league, um, but um, the crowd size in, impressed me, um, yeah. and the atmosphere there as well. Um, I think it was also taken by the amount of kit that, that the, the yeah. crowd had, the fans had, and you know, everybody's wearing the coats and the hats and, and the shirts and things like that as well. So um, straight away, it felt like a proper club, you yeah. know, a well-run, well-run club, I think. Um, I think through my job, I I, I was aware of Jeff and mm-hmm. you know, knew he had um, taken or become chairman of the club you know, earlier. So that, that, I guess I had a, an interest because of that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I remember wandering around the ground actually and thinking, oh, this is a you know really good place and wasn't sure if we were allowed in the marquee and, and things like that. But, <laughs> well, you uh, are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, it was, it was really good. And I think um, I was a Man United fan growing up actually. Being, what? Oh you know, yeah, because yeah, you're from, from Wales. You're from you know, Wales, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone else is. Works out. Um, and uh, being back and forth to Old Trafford you know, a number of times. And uh, I think um, you know, the, the huge difference is how close you are to the action as mm. well. So... Um, it was you know we, we really enjoyed that actually from from the very first game, um, and still do, um, and and I think um, I think really interestingly for me, um, my wife and daughter who have no interest in football or sport whatsoever decided to come along with us about a month or so later, and they really enjoy it now and um, you know you know last season we all had season tickets and uh, went to every game together so. I think um, probably testimony to the um, community feel of the club actually and how welcoming it is, um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, it's it's quite addictive actually. Very much so. My wife doesn't like football, but she enjoys going to Mariners. We we know why, don't we? Do that park here, I think. <laughs> a lot of supporters know why my wife likes going to Mariners Park. A lot of people do. But uh, it's a great story because that's the type of thing that we want to hear. You mm. know, we, the, we've talked previously about bandwagons and. And um, without a bandwagon, you know, there is no success. And, mm. and yours there, just through Dylan being at a coaching mm. session, mm. has brought up f- four supporters to mm. Mariners Park. Mm. Four season ticket holders. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's magic. Um, so, season ticket renewed for the coming season? Uh, it's about to be. It's about to be, yes. yes. Yeah, we went, to the, we went to the friendly last night, so that was our first game so far. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing about friendlies. You, you, you get to the ones you can get to. Yes. Um, uh, Ronnie and I were at the Sunderland game last week, which we're going to talk about. So you were at the Huddersfield game, um, and that leads us very nicely into um, our our review of the of the games. Um, a lot of pre-match talk about Sunderland coming to Mariners Park. What type of team would they put out? Um, who would be there? What type of team Shields would put out? Lots of talk, and ultimately Sunderland, to their credit, fielded more or less their first team squad. Yeah, second half especially, it yeah. looked like a team that they would play in League One. Yeah. Um, no McGeady, obviously he's still recovering, um, but um, on the whole, the first team squad was there more or less by the keeper as well. So they had Will Grigg there, Yeah. he was £4 million purchase. Yeah. I was just wondering whether he's the most expensive player ever to have played on Mariners Park. Ooh. I think he might be. That's a good one. I can't sure. think. Maybe our listeners might be able to tell us, but yeah, I can't. Darren Tinmouth might know. Yeah, Darren Tinmouth. Yeah, get him on the case. Yeah, uh, four million. I don't think there's been a well, Arker. He was. He didn't go for four million. He did, yeah. No. And he was a. I mean, obviously, Craig's a current player there. So. Mm-hmm. We, we 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 said in the second half, you know, the forward line. If you take into account what more, um, Greg and Maguire. And Maguire. Mm. 
that was some uh, that our back four had to deal with. To, to be honest, dealt with fairly well. I mean, yeah, it did, did right. cause a lot of problems, but but um, on the whole, it was a it was a good run out, Ronnie. Yeah. Would you say? Well, it's always hard to tell in these type of games, um, but I definitely think we gave a good account of ourselves, considering the quality of opposition we were playing. Obviously, I think it was Sunderland's first game, so they weren't at a hundred percent. Um, but you know we created a few chances I was four, Foley had a one on yeah. one mm-hmm. if that had gone in it, I mean the, the place would have gone up well, there was that spell in the first half Lee Pick mentioned in his after match interview where they changed the system after 20 minutes clearly yeah. they were under the cosh made those little changes and they worked because there was that spell just before half time of about 15 minutes yes. where we were probably the better side in that period created two chances and looked really good value for an equaliser at that stage yeah and we got caught in possession in our own half a few times. Yeah. But, you know, teams like Sunderland, like, they're a full-time team and mm. all of their training sessions will be how to press the ball and win mm. it hard and they're, they're a fit team. Mm. Uh, but I think we learned from that. That's what I liked about that. In the second half, we rarely got caught in possession in our own half, mm-hmm. which, is, I mean, our lads are from a stand and start as well, so they weren't exactly firing um, but I like the way they learned from that and they didn't lose possession as much in the second half but that's of course the philosophy of the, of the management who yep. want them to play total football yes. throughout there's yeah. no you know there's no and they didn't compromise even no though compromise. they were a league one professional team which is very impressive um, Richard you were at the Huddersfield game yes um, another a different kind of workout against an under 23 team clearly very youthful I'm assuming very fit. Yes. Um, was that noticeable? Yes, I think they they were fit. They were they were well drilled. Um, I think you could see the the difference in being full time. Um, pretty powerful actually for mm. for an under twenty three team as well. Um, so um, they started very well Huddersfield, um, and um, you know a couple of very tricky ball players as well um, that that earned them the penalty. Um, but actually, I think once that initial mm-hmm. spell was over, then Shields really came came back into it with with aplomb and um, you know more than held their own actually for the the second half of the first half, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know they, they created you know some some half chances um, you, know, you know as well. So it was, it was a very competitive game, um, and um, yeah, I think I think uh, you know I think I think. It was a very good workout for them at, the, at this stage, actually. And Thurston in particular is the new signing. I thought did very, very well in the first half. Well, with good reports. That there was a lot of good talk about Thurston after the Sunderland game, after Saturday's game against mm. Cleethorpes. Um, thankfully, he wasn't seriously hurt yeah. from Blood Bloodgate. Um, yeah, that was, was a very strange. Very strange. Never seen the backside of someone's shorts become crimson so like quickly. <laughs> it's just the blood spread across his shorts. Yeah. Yeah, it was to watch. We were worried. Yeah, something's wrong with them because yeah. the backside of his shorts, the blood was literally just really? spreading. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think about Thurston when I when I watched him against Sunderland. He, he looked like he was quite tidy on the ball. Mm. I just wondered if he was going to be one of these players, a little bit like Josh Gillies, who float in and out of the game. Yeah. Maybe he's going to be like that, but I mean, this is very early days. Very early early days. But what, one thing I was interested in when I when I saw the team for the Huddersfield game, um, it looked like Luke Daly was down to play at right back. Was, was that the case? Yes, yeah, he played right back in the first half, and then they put first in there actually in the second half. Yeah, I mean, 
any anything to report from that? Did, did daily did either of them fit in okay? Did they look? I, I think they they both they both fitted in fine. Um, I think you 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 lose something from both their games in in that position hmm. um, in in reality. Um, so I, I suspect it was a doing a job rather than um, you know rather than a, a strategy for the forthcoming season. But um, yeah, they, they they both held their own and you know, you know did fine. Good. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to Daly this season. I think we said on the last mm. podcast the the quality that he has and he demonstrated last season coming into a team new who in a very difficult situation because we were always playing catch up mm. when he was there. Him with a full pre-season with the team, a lot more time to train with the team. Um, I think he's I think he's going to be one of the best players in the league. Some midfield. Yeah. I think that I might have said this in the last podcast, I can't remember, but those types of lads should bring the best out of Phil Turnbull as well. Yeah. Because he, 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 he's had now more time to get used to the, the Fenton and Picton system, which he openly admitted he took time to, yeah. to mm. get used to. Mm. He'd never been part of anything like that in football, which speaks volumes for the, for the intensity in which... Fenton picked and won Shields to play and the mm-hmm. the actual steps they take to get those systems into place. He'd yeah. never he'd never experienced that in football. And he's played at some played at conference level. Big yeah. clubs, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but Adam Thurston is obviously one of the new guys. Um, it was the the Sunderland game was a first chance to see Melenic Ali, Robinson Wakoma, you know. Melenic Ali looks like he could be the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I looked at the highlights against Cleethorpes and he tried a few kind of skills, a little foot roll over against Sunderland and it looked like it nearly come off. I loved his confidence doing that, coming on as a young lad against mm. that time of team. And he's doing that against Cleethorpes and it was working. He looks like he's got the skill, the turn of pace and the strength to hold the defender off. He put a couple of lovely crosses in. I, I think he could be the real deal, this guy, mm-hmm. by looking at him. Mm-hmm. And I think two matches in when he was a trialist, two matches in a row, and some of the highlights we've seen from that, yeah. like a 40-yard screamer from a wide angle, yeah. and then he did one of those rainbow flicks over <laughs> a right-back's head, so the, yeah. the lad's obviously got confidence and skill. So he, he, he looks very promising. My view is that I, I, I trust Lee and Graham and Brian Smith to pick a player. Mm. Uh, I'd like to think that there won't be much kind of when you sort the wheat from the chaff mm. there won't be much chaff coming in anymore you know um, Robinson McComa made his first you know when he came on what a unit I mean huge he's yeah. 80 yes. yeah they've got his birth certificate <laughs> <Yes>. right <laughs> goodness me well, he was warming up next to us wasn't he he was towering over me and I'm 6 foot 1 and you said he's a year older than Adam yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goodness yeah. Uh, but but um, clearly you know a work in progress when he came on and you could see he hadn't played in that back four before, Ronnie. Um, no. But also, clearly, you know, one for the future and the not too distant future, I guess, once he beds in and learns from the likes of John Shaw. His sheer presence, I would imagine, would yeah. build confidence. Yeah. He looked like, I mean, it would have been a very nervous game for him against Sunderland. It's a, it was a big crowd. It was his first game. He's only a young lad um, against a professional club. Mm. He looked like he was struggling with his positional sense. Yeah. A bit of a fish out of water, but it's like it's a hard hard game to judge him by. Mm-hmm. But an eighteen year old centre half, 
is always going to need like real like careful treatment and bring him in slowly but surely but with not only John Shaw but with Dylan Morse who's kind of a young lad coming mm-hmm. through I think those two will, will bring him on a great deal but of course he's going to be working full time with Shawsy yeah um, because of course John is now on the coaching staff albeit with the academy they'll be training with the academy there's no doubt the full time lads will be training together so he, he, he could well learn very quickly and then today, um, the, there's been a lot of naysayers. There's been a lot of talk about us not having a striker. We've, lo- you know, we lost Titch and Finners, and you've lost forty goals. And where we're going to get those goals from? And rightly so. There's, you know, yeah. But there's a lot of talk about well, we haven't signed any. St- you know. And then these games have shown that we were short of us. You know, we needed a striker, um, and the club have gone out and done the business bringing in Jason Gilchrist from Southport. A name, a new name to me, mate. I'd never, I'd never really heard of him before, but when you look at his stats, yeah. they add up. So I've done a bit of research and he's got his own Wikipedia page, which really? is a great start. Well, He's got his own Wikipedia page. <laughs> um, in season 17-18, he scored 20 plus goals in the Conference League North. Yeah. So that's with like company such as John Park and Glenn Taylor from Spennymore, like that's really good company. Mm-hmm. He was top goal scorer yeah. in that league for that full season for Southport. Um he was ex Man City as a kid. He's been to Droylston, he's been to Stockport, and I think he's played a few times with Nathan Law. Yeah. It looks like from Twitter that they're, they're friends. Busy mates. So it's like the you know, I think this could be the the striker that we needed who can guarantee... If he can score at that level 20-odd goals, at this level, you've got to be expecting at, at least that. Yeah, yeah. And an England C-cap. England C-cap. Mm. Um, you mentioned earlier, Richard, about the fact that um, Melenic Ali had, had, had put some great balls in earlier, you know. Could you see that we were missing a striker? Uh, yes, I think there was the... Um you know, just the lack of cutting edge and um, you know the stretch, the stretching of the defence as well, which you know you do lose a little bit. Don't Finnis you? did that magnificently yeah. at the end of yeah. last season, didn't he? Yeah, he made a big difference, didn't he, in the in the playoffs game? He did. Game off. Yeah, I'm just thinking there the the attack of Mason Foley, this new lad Gilchrist, with Gillies Ali, they're hanging around in a solid midfield of Law, Thurston, Daly, Turnbull with Briggs. Briggs. In support, it's looking pretty good. Mm. Mm. It's looking pretty good. Strength, depth, experience. Ah, uh, but mid-table is what one <laughs> one of our super fans mentioned earlier on Twitter. Mid-table at best. <laughs> and then I think, I mean, I, I personally think that to to square the circle or to get that absolutely perfect, I think we need maybe a reserve goalkeeper mm. at an experience level to push Liam Connell. Yeah, a left back to replace Darren Loff who's mm-hmm. gone to heaven mm-hmm. who's had a, who was a great servant for us yeah and um, personally I think we probably need another experienced centre half um, that's just my view yeah and I yeah. think that 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 I think would, would cover it all I think we might see one or two coming in more but it's hard to see I think they, they miss John Shaw don't they if he, ha- if he, he gets down through a spell which you know is a possibility isn't it yeah, stage could, of blues yeah. then you got Gary Brown now. You're not a massive Gary Brown fan, are you? I haven't seen uh, anything from. Well, it could come. 
He had, he didn't have his chances a lot last season. No, that, that's the thing. You, yeah, he's coming need, out from need, the court. I need to be fair. I need to give him a run of games to be able to judge. Mm-hmm. He's not going to. Is he going to get them? But yeah. at the end of the day, I always go back to last season when we had our spell of clean sheets just around the New Year period. That was when Gary Brown played right back and Craig Banks had played right midfield. We were stronger because we had three centre halves defending set pieces. Mm. Mm-hmm. With Brown, Shaw, and Morse defending those set pieces, we were stronger, and we didn't concede. Uh, because we don't concede a lot from open play, really, do we? It, it tends to be set corners, set, set players, daft, get ourselves ridiculous goals. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so Brown, he did. You know, we, we we almost forget about people like Gary Brown, and we shouldn't, because they are quality, you know, quality players. Um, but of course, Jason Gilchrist is another piece of a jigsaw that comes from the northwest. Um, we've had this influx of northwest talent. We said on what I think it was Simon or Mark Carruthers may have said in a previous podcast that Shields may have to cast their net yeah. wider because the yes. pool of players in the northeast isn't so great, and that is exactly what's happened. We've gone to the northwest. Nathan Law was the first. Mm. Luke Daly, and then one by one, they're all coming. Out. One of the lads from the south, of course, but really, Jason Gilchrist comes and a friend of Nathan Law, and that shows that the 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 hybrid model is bearing fruit because all of the new players are clearly going to be full time. Mm. I can't see Jason Gilchrist commuting. Yeah, like I, I, I could only assume that he's going to be living up here. The strategy makes sense. I like keeping an eye on some of the the local players that have been released, like people like um, Dan McGuire at Blythe and Carl Magny, who's mm-hmm. just been released from Hartlepool. They would be perfect for Shields, but because we've got the likes of Spennymore and Gateshead and Blythe and mm-hmm. other clubs in York mm-hmm. above us. Players are tending to go to them in the mm-hmm. northeast mm-hmm. rather than us. Yeah. So that we we I don't think we've got much of a choice but to look to cast our net a bit further Absolutely until right. we get to that to that level. Absolutely right. Um, there was a question earlier, uh, Ronnie. We we put a tweet out and um, uh, was it Adam who yeah, Adam. asked about this hybrid model? Um, hybrid model players living up here. How yeah. will it all work? Well. At the moment, um, it works along the lines of um, the club has a a house, a four bedroom house, I believe, and um, the the players live together. Um, I was at the sports awards last week where Nathan Law, Adam Thurston, and Steve Cam did a little presentation, and Steve Cam said it was something along the lines of men behaving badly. <laughs> we were asking about what it was like. Nathan Law was asked what it was like there and Steve just said oh, I was like men behaving badly and then I asked the question what's it like being on men behaving badly um, and, and Nathan turned up and said well I'm the tidy one I do all the housework <laughs> just imagine these young lads going here like, like uh, Martin Clunes and yeah. Neil Morrissey with a cans of lager yeah. no, obviously not but clearly um, the, the the house wherever that is um, is clearly there for the lads as a base they all know each other as well mm. and um, that hopefully that will offset any potential homesickness mm. so who do you think is in that house then Thurston I'm assuming Wokoma I'm assuming Law possibly Daly I don't know it's a four bedroom house maybe they're all in there I, don't know. I really yeah, don't know but clearly there's four 
Adam Thurston and Nathan Lowe are two of them. Yeah. So I would imagine potentially Luke Daly. So Lowe's moved up here then pretty much full yeah, time. Full-time. Business, business. They were, Steve Cam class, you know, said they are professional footballers okay. for South Shields Football Club, which is what they are. So this is why we say hybrid because because just less than half of the team and the squad are full time and the other mm-hmm. half. Yeah, the legs are time. So, so Liam Collins. So Blair Adams is full time yeah, at the club. Yeah. Uh, John Shaw's full time. Dylan, I guess, is part time. No, he's full time now. He was in the program last night. Is he? Is yeah. he full time? Yeah. Fabulous. So um, it is roughly half and half. So yeah, because you've got I mean Liam Connell, Craig Baxter, Phil Turnbull, Robert Briggs, uh, Josh Gillies, is, yeah. um, Lee Mason. They're clearly not going to be full time. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that will work. Added fitness, mm. more time on the training ground mm. to perfect set pieces and defend set mm. pieces. Um, so so the hybrid model hopefully will will pay dividends. Um, we hope that the lads enjoy themselves. You know living the professional lifestyle now and, and and really get the work and get us where we want to be. Um so it was in the programme that Dylan's Yes, yeah. Yeah. So he, I think he was saying that uh, I think it's only three years since he signed. Yeah. And, yeah. and that he'd stated, you know, his ambition to become full time professional and um and he didn't think it would happen as quickly actually. So um so yeah, it was tremendous. That's fabulous. It was, it was, we weren't at the game last night for various commitments. Mm. Um, it's an interesting time, isn't it, in terms of that model? Because it's it's the first step towards where they're going. Yes. And, um, but actually puts the pressure on to get there as well, doesn't it? Well, it does. uh, to keep it sustainable. It re- I think this is. I I personally think this is a a really 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 big season for Shield. It's massive. Mm. If ah. we don't do it this season, it'd be such a disappointment. I think it would be a bit of a bit of a kick in the teeth. Mm. What well. well, well Simon, um, who isn't well this evening, so we'll get well soon, Si, um, he said to me um, a little while ago, after, after we didn't get promoted, that um, when this news of a potential hybrid was coming out, and he said he's pro- he, he, he imagined that maybe Jeff Thompson, in the debrief at the end of the season, has gone to Lee and Graham and said, right, what do we need yeah. to guarantee promotion next season? And they said... This is what we need, like and, uh, hybrid, ha- you know, yeah. a more full time model. More full time model. And this is clearly what. So, so I guess so obviously last year the the aim was promotion. So uh, and and this season, this coming season was gonna be a season of potential, just settling into the national league mm. north and yeah, just getting consolidation. used to consolidation, yeah. what have you. I guess Jeff Thompson is looking at well. Last season was the season of mm. consolidation. Mm this is the season where we're going to press on. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm going to guess that failure to get promotion will be seen as failure. Mm. If that has happened and the managers have been asked what do you need and they've got what they need and mm. it doesn't happen, they, I mean, they'll be under huge pressure yeah. this season. But it's good pressure. We've done this last year, so most of those players have got that experience under their belts. Nothing's going to be new to them. The grounds that they're going to aren't going to be new. The travel's not going to be mm. new. They've got some extra quality. We should do it. The other thing is obviously being full time yeah. means that the midweek away games are not as big of a problem. Yes. Um, because for those who work, I, I don't know how they did it. I, I really don't. Yeah. Uh, uh, just astronomical amount of time 
um, in, that goes into an away game yeah. and you've done a half shift at work. Yeah. You get you leave work at three, you get, you get in at one o'clock in the morning. Wow. You know, so that's out the window. So more potentially there could be occasions where they actually leave for an away game in the morning. Yeah. yeah. For an evening, you know, or, or lunchtime. But what about the the, the players that are on pros? Those lads used to make their own way to games anyway. anyway. Okay, okay. So what you'll find is that the, the, when I travelled on one of the away games, I think it was about three left Mariners Park, we picked right. four up on the way. The rest made their own way. Okay. So now you're going to have a thing where you're going to have more than half the team travelling from Mariners and therefore they will probably travel a little bit earlier mm. to offset the travel fatigue mm. and, and what have you because it really was pretty it's I mean, hard isn't it three hours in a bus and then you know rocking up an hour before yeah. especially after you've been at work all day yeah. right? put a half yeah. shift in yeah. <laughs> you know you've done a half shift or some of them if they've done a full shift yeah. if they start at six o'clock yeah. have yeah. Um, any idea of how many other teams have that type of model in this league if no any, there'll no. be no there may be one or two clubs who will have the odd player who's full-time. But we had that with Blair last year. Because yeah. uh, they, they, they do a coaching role as well as a playing role. Don't yeah. they like coaching the youngsters? And so Blair's a coach. John Shaw's now a coach. So th- there's those types. Um, but most, the vast majority, vast majority are very much part-time. And hopefully that will, that should hopefully pay dividends when you get the likes of December, January, yes. February. That's when you hopefully would see a real difference, Big advantage. a real advantage. Um, so, and the the fixtures have come out, mm-hmm. and you always look at those fixtures. Where are you going to be August Bank Holiday? Where are you going to be Boxing Day? Where are you going to be New Year's Day? And lo and behold, Scarborough. <laughs> it always is. It's brilliant. Yeah. It is brilliant, but um, I, I'm always of the opinion that when teams aren't at work for a, you know to do one of the longer ones but at least we've got one of those midweeks is Morpeth it's for the fans though isn't it yeah it's, that that uh, whole thing was designed for the fans so they don't have to so they could get back earlier for their Boxing Day celebrations so they don't <laughs> miss too much and get told off too much by yeah. the family although I, I must admit I am looking forward to uh, August and I am looking forward to New Year's Day um, for, for obvious reasons um, so the, the fixtures are out away on the first day we've never, I don't think we've had a home I can't remember last time we had a home game on the first week first weekend of the season not since we've gone to the Evo stick Northern League can't quite remember but we always play away first first game of the season um, things are just setting into place quite nicely um, we've, we've played Sunderland, we've played Cleethorpes, we've played Huddersfield. A um, bit of a mixed bag results-wise, but results are irrelevant. Mm. Um, uh, it's about getting ready for August the 17th. Um, one of the one of the bugbears of ours was last year's pre-season, which wasn't, we felt wasn't great. This one is a lot better with, in terms of opposition. And we've got, um, we've got Geisley, we've got York City. Um, uh, which are our class as proper opposition. Um, we play we play York midweek at home next yeah, year. Yeah. You've got Bolton CA. Um, I think the York game is 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 really good test. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a really perfect game to have pre season because mm-hmm. it tests you playing up with that the team just above you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a great fixture. 
and Osset as well, Osset United. So it, it, it's Osset. Where Osset playing now? They Evil Stick below. Yeah, just to leave East Star. Whatever. I remember playing them. Played them before, haven't we? Well, play, well, it was two Ossets. It was Osset, Osset Town, Osset Albion, and then they merged oh. to make Osset okay. United. Yeah. Um, and so they, the no mugs. So that'll be a, a proper test. Um, so things are just about fitting into place. Um, some sad news today um, of the passing of, of, of Jerry O'Reilly. Um, I, I never had the privilege of meeting Jerry. He was when I started really getting involved at Mariners Park as a supporter. He was already showing signs of, of, of ill health, um, but clearly reading messages on social media and and what and what have you. Um, a very 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 popular man and a, a, a club legend, a club stalwart. Was there digging the trenches with Gary Crutwell, etc. Um, and um, so our our thoughts go out to Jerry and his family, and I'm sure his name will live on in the annals of the club. Yeah. I've no yeah. doubt the club may well do something for Jerry in the in the future. But um, really sad news the passing yeah. of Jerry O'Reilly. Um, so uh, Bolton CA. Sam Barton Cup, it's being played as we speak. We don't know the result of that. Um, Geisley, York, Osset. Um, do you think that the lads, the do you think the Lee and Graham will start to select what you would class as getting towards their first choice, or do you think they'll continue to mix and match? Um. No, well, not against Bolden. I think they'll play the. Oh yeah, of course. Be, no, be that, that'll be the. But I think against York, I think against York, you'll see what will be very close to the mm-hmm. first the team, the first team. Mm-hmm. I think I think, I think if we want a big test against them, work out whatever formation he's going to play. Um, in fact, he's probably going to have to do that couple of games because you just you just wouldn't want one game no. with, your, with your first choice. So Geisley and York probably will be those games, and I think mm-hmm. we'll. We'll get a real uh, look forward and taster of what the team's going to be set up like in those games. Yeah. Um, Ronnie, any other questions that came in earlier? Yeah, uh, one from Darren Tinmouth um, asking us uh, are there any youngsters that we've seen in pre season that we think might make an impact um, in the coming season? Um, I'm always going to say Aaron Thompson. I, I, I've got a real um, like of that lad because of um, performances I, I saw him make in the FA Youth Cup last year and then ultimately at the Stadium of Light yes, he looked head and shoulders above anybody on that pitch that Great. night so I, I expect not big things from him because he's, got, you know, he's still a young kid but I, I would I would imagine he will have a you, you'll get a stage in the season where because we've we, we've streamlined the squad, you know, there's been we, we've there's been a lot of cutbacks, mm-hmm. you know, to make way for these mm-hmm. bigger signings. Um, so it's a smaller squad. So when you get to the, the stage of the season where you've got League Cup ties, potential FA Cup, FA Trophy, rearranged games, um, there will be opportunities for Aaron, yeah, and the others to 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 make an impact. I noticed there's one or two new faces in the academy. Uh, yeah, there's the a few. Uh, the George Lindo, yeah. uh, among others. So there's always going to be those who are going to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, Aaron, Aaron Thompson is one who stands out like a, a sore thumb, for want of a better phrase. 
I think it's an absolute bonus for the club, isn't it, to have you know to be able to do that and bring bring you know, lads through from the youth into the first team squad and what are effectively new signings but go under the radar. Absolutely, because also you've got to remember that the, the, the academy are coached in exactly the same way as the mm. first team, so they're going to be taught the same philosophy. Mm. So theoretically, when they do make that step up, they should be able to fit into the Sorry. system because it's the yeah. same. Mm-hmm. Um, so there should be a kind of seamless transition. Um, and Dan Wright's an interesting one, isn't he? Because yeah. I would, I thought Dan Wright when he went up, did he go on loan to Bishop Auckland? Was it Bishop Auckland last year? It was one of the Northern League clubs. Will he be? I think my Newtoncliffe. Newtoncliffe, that's yeah. it. So he went there. And he never, he's never really made a big splash. Mm. She doesn't, but they've kept him on. Yeah. So, just read, reading between the lines there, you've got to think that there's a, there's a, there's a player mm-hmm. in there ready to come out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a ruthless game of football at mm-hmm. this level, right? They wouldn't keep him, put him on loan if they didn't think there was a player in there. So I, I wonder whether it, this season could be the time to, to see the real Dan Wright. Hope so. As a young oh, it'd be fantastic to see. She yeah. is lad. Yeah, it'd be fantastic to see. Um, I noticed earlier that Dave Hartley asked the question but we may have touched upon yeah that. Dave was about the new striker uh, yeah obviously we're hot off the press here like really recent times and very relevant so we've already <laughs> talked about the new the new, uh, Give over, the new striker <laughs> we we played Sunderland last week of course um, I had the the privilege of uh, having a session on the Roka Report yeah. podcast slightly I'm going to say a slightly more professional outfit than ourselves currently as it stands, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but the lad I spoke to, Graham Falk, um, he um, he was at the game last week. I, I messaged him earlier. I just wanted to get his thoughts on um, not really the game, but what he thought of Mariners Park, because Graham's a Shields lad who now lives in Scotland, and uh, was his first venture at Mariners Park. And Graham was well impressed mm-hmm. for 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 the level that we're at. He was. He was well impressed. He thought the pitch was just like a bowling green. Mm. That pitch is something else. Unbelievable. It is. I was watching. It looks like the, looks like the, the feet are sinking into a carpet pile. Yeah. Unreal. Now, obviously, that was last night, Richard, the Huddersfield game. That's the third game that's yeah. been played on that pitch in a week. So it's had some traffic. Yeah. No, it held up well. It was a wet night as well. So, um, you know, it was in which I think adds actually to a pitch like that as well. You've got yeah. the balls around. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, and um, you asked me at the beginning actually about the, when I made the Mariners, I didn't say about the pitch, but that is such an advantage for that team. That is, that is undoubtedly why they have the home record they do yes. alongside the support. Absolutely. The, the one thing about, uh, we don't like artificial surfaces, but at the same time, I don't mind playing away the odd away game on the artificial services in the winter because mm. at least it's true yes yeah. I noticed with great with great um, with great relish that uh, <laughs> Farsley Celtic pre-season friendly postponed against Rotherham wasn't it Halif- Rotherham because the uh, league team pitch was unfit was unsafe to play on I find that absolutely astounding they missed oh, on a big payday as well because I think it was a league club. It was a league club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rotherham, possibly. Yeah, I think really. How can your pitch be mm-hmm. unsafe when you've had all summer to, to get it right? Wow. Frightening yeah. that. Yeah. Um, 
and they got promoted instead of us. Well, they deserved it. They deserved it, then. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're coming to the end of, of, of another, another podcast. Well, Richard, um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, fitted in, snugly. Thank you so much. Um, we will endeavour to, to get together around the table before the first league game on August the 17th um, because we will be able to devour the, uh, the bits and pieces from the remaining pre-season games. So we hope you've enjoyed another edition of, of the Mariners podcast. Please keep listening, keep the questions coming in. Tell your friends about us if you can. Um, we really appreciate your feedback and the fact that you do listen. So from Ronnie, Richard and myself, Chris, it's thank you and goodbye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this Mariners podcast. There'll be another one along soon before you can say Julio Arca. Oh,